This podcast is intended to uplift, inspire, and in some cases, educate you on how to create a life that feels good. I am not a health professional, and the information and advice shared on this show should not be taken in replacement for any information or direction given to you by a healthcare professional. If you or someone you know is struggling with your health or mental well-being, please reach out to a healthcare professional in your area. For more information and resources on mental health support, please visit laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash mental health or see the link in the show notes. Hi there, I'm Laura, a teacher turned creator, and this is Fill Up Your Cup, the podcast with a mission to help you feel inspired, motivated, and empowered to show up for yourself and create a life that feels good. We're putting the personal back in personal development as we navigate this journey of self-awareness, self-compassion, and growth together. Because together, And with the right mindset, we are all capable of change and living a life that truly fills us up. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And the week that this episode comes out is also Mental Health Awareness Week. So we're all about raising the awareness around mental health on this show. This is something I'm really passionate about and I really wanted to tap into that in today's episode and give you something that you can use to help yourself something that you can use to show up for yourself in a self-compassionate, supportive way today or this week. And I wanted to tap into the topic of overwhelm or stress or anxiety because I think right now is a very, very overwhelming time for many of us to just be alive But also because even when life is good, even when we feel like we've found our stride, things can happen unexpectedly that send us into that fight or flight mode and that hit us with that sense of overwhelm that really pushes to tap into our resilience. And when we're not doing that work on ourselves or maybe we've lost touch with it and we're not practicing that self-awareness, when we're not practicing that self-compassion, those moments of overwhelm become more overwhelming because we lose that self-awareness to slow down and give ourselves what we need in order to be able to face the challenges that we're coming up against or to deal with the stress that we're facing or to move through whatever it is that we're going through. Recently, I had something come up in my personal life that reminded me deeply of this sense of fight or flight. How in moments of crisis or high stress, we can go from this comfort of everyday life and be hit with this unexpected thing. And yes, it can feel very uncomfortable when it happens. But very often, 
what happens is after that initial initial uncomfortableness, we snap into action mode or decision mode and we become very tunnel visioned to channel our focus and energy into whatever it is that's specifically being presented to us. And sometimes we're just channeling our energy and focus into panicking more, but whatever way we react to these high stress situations, we end up channeling our energy and focus into something specific, a lot of high energy. And what happens after that is that once this stressful, overwhelming thing has passed and the panic has subsided maybe, then we get hit with this sense of exhaustion or burnout or more overwhelm because we are left to pick up the pieces or we're left to deal with the other things that didn't get our attention during these high stress situations. And that's completely okay and completely normal. And I want you to show yourself so much compassion if you've experienced something like this, if you're dealing with stress in your life right now, and every time you look up from that stress, you see all of the other things that are not getting your attention because of the stress, or if you went through something specific recently that has demanded a lot of your focus and your energy and your attention and has resulted in you, quote unquote, dropping the ball on other things in your life, just take a moment to show yourself that compassion. Because I know for me personally, my response usually in these situations is to keep pushing that immediately when I look up from my high stress situation, when I come out of by fight or flight for that specific thing that's caused overwhelm, I then look at all the other things in my life that have not got my attention and I go straight back into fight or flight and trying to deal with all of those other things. My fear of stopping and the consequences of that be that falling behind on household chores or not catching up on emails or whatever it is, the fear of stopping stops me from slowing down too much. And I know that there are probably many of you who are listening to this who can resonate with that, that fear or that high stress that comes in at the weekends after a stressful week at work because you tell yourself you don't have time to slow down, to look after yourself, to hit the reset button because there are other things that need your attention. However, let's talk about the consequence of that because it is Mental Health Awareness Month and For me, Mental Health Awareness Month is, yes, about raising awareness around mental health. Yes, about turning up the volume on the conversation around mental health to help educate more people, to help put pressure on our needs for mental health, needs for more services, needs for more support, need for more resources around mental health. All of that good stuff, yes. But I also think Mental Health Awareness Month is a really good opportunity for all of us to get real with ourselves and to take that ownership over our well-being holistically, physical, mental, check in with ourselves and to hold a mirror up to our own 
behaviors and patterns that subconsciously we know are not good for us or that we know are not working for us or we know are not supporting us in a good way and getting real about undoing those patterns and habits because we have this opportunity. We are talking about mental health right now. It's a hot topic during May and during Mental Health Awareness Week. It should be a conversation that's happening every day of every week, of every month of the year. Yes, yes, yes. I totally agree with all of that. But I also think it's a great opportunity to use these awareness months to tap into the information that's being shared and to use it as an opportunity to check in with ourselves and to be real and honest with ourselves because stress, overwhelm, even anxiety can have a long-term impact on other areas of our well-being. Stress, worry, anxiety, overwhelm, they're high energy feelings. They take a physical toll on our bodies. There is science and studies to support the physical impacts that stress can have over the long term on our physical bodies. Even though it's an emotion that we feel, it does have a physical impact on our body. So all of these high energy, uncomfortable feelings that we experience as part of normal life are normal things to experience. But the thing that we need to bring the self-awareness to is when we are experiencing or staying in these high energy states for too long. We're not built to sustain stress for long, continuous periods. We need to learn how to slow ourselves down and to reset when we need to, to avoid the crash. And when I say the crash, what I mean is burnout. Now, burnout is another thing that I've talked about on the show before. It is another word that I use with caution because it is something that, again, has become a bit of a buzzword. And when something becomes a buzzword, there is the fear or the consequence that it's going to be flooded with misinformation or misused to the point where we don't actually understand what it is that we are talking about. So when we look at the specific definition of burnout, the World Health Organization defines burnout as feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job, or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. And as a consequence of this, reduced professional efficiency. Burnout specifically as a definition is linked to work. So career stress, career overwhelm that leads to burnout. However, we know from recent years, especially after 2020 and the pandemic and lockdowns, that burnout specifically just being related to work isn't necessarily true. There are other things in life that can cause burnout. A lot of the time, those are things in life where we are giving our energy to other people when we don't have good boundaries or balance. When our parenting roles are taking a big toll on us, it can result in burnout. Also, other caregiving jobs or roles 
can lead to this sense of burnout. But what it really is, is this feeling of depleted energy and exhaustion and this mental distancing. So almost this disassociating as this coping mechanism to protect ourselves from these high stress states that we continuously find ourselves in. So bringing a sense of self-awareness to stress and overwhelm is so important because when we bring that sense of self-awareness, we can start to recognize our patterns and take action to slow ourselves down, to hit that reset button, to rest, and ultimately to avoid ending up in this place of burnout. So you know that one of the underlying philosophies of this show, the thing that's super important to me when I share any information with you all is inspiration becoming implementation. And so we can talk about burnout, we can talk about exhaustion, we can talk about getting real and holding that mirror up to ourselves, but how do we actually implement it? So let's talk about some things that we can do this week our challenge, our mental well-being challenge for this week. How can we check in with ourselves, check in with our patterns and start to get some clarity around actionable things we can do to slow ourselves down, to hit that reset button, to come up with ways to help us recharge and find the balance between high stress or overwhelm and calm and energized. So the first thing that you're going to want to do, which is a little bit more abstract, but is that self-awareness work, that self-reflective work, is to recognize your signs or your patterns. So grab your journal. If you haven't invested in a journal yet from listening to this show, now is your sign to get one. Grab your journal and do a little bit of reflection work or open the notes app on your phone as you're listening to this episode and ask yourself a couple of questions about what stress and overwhelm looks like for you. What are your signs? What are your patterns? So what does stress look like for you? What does it feel like for you? How do you behave in high stress situations? Or when you're using stress as fuel for focus, so those fight or flight situations, what behaviors do you usually exhibit? What actions do you normally take? What way do you act? in those kind of situations. And then the other thing you're going to want to reflect on is your patterns or your behaviors that come up after periods of stress. So what does post-stress look for, like for you? What do you do after a stressful day or week at work? What are the actions or behaviors that you would usually do when you get home from a stressful day or a stressful week at work? And be really honest with yourself. It's okay if as you're listing these actions or behaviors, there are things that make you uncomfortable. If feelings of shame are coming up, just bring that self-compassion and be okay with it because getting this clarity and getting real with yourself is how you can help support yourself to do more supportive things in the future. You need to figure out what you do now so you can make a plan to do things that are going to be more supportive next. So what does stress look like for you? First of all, recognize the signs and patterns, then recognize the patterns and behaviors of 
after stress? What do you do directly after a stressful, overwhelming moment? And you might want to make some lists or you might want to like complete a some sentences that describe stress for you. So stress looks like, stress shows up as, stress feels like. Create a picture for yourself of what stress looks like, how you behave, what it feels like, how you act during and also after. This is not an exercise in self-judgment. This is just an exercise in taking a look at how you currently respond to stress or overwhelm, especially if these are sensations that you feel regularly. The next thing that you're going to do is make a plan to slow things down. This is hard. For me personally, this is hard. Even when I know that after stress, the right thing for me to do is to regulate and find a way to physically and mentally slow myself down so my body can come back to functioning in a normal way. When you recognize your patterns and your behaviors and your signs, the next thing that you're going to want to do is think about ways that you can counter these and help yourself slow down. Getting clear on your signs is important because when you recognize those signs of stress and overwhelm now that you've written them down, you can start to practice the action of physically and mentally slowing yourself down. Look at your patterns and behaviors, especially the things that you do after stressful days and think of some actions that you could do that would help you slow down mentally. So slow down your thoughts, slow down your brain so that you can get a good night's sleep so that you can just come out of that high stress moment and things that can help you slow down physically as well. My knee-jerk reaction in moments of overwhelm when I see all of the other balls that I've dropped in life, be that like household chores or emails, is to just dive in and, and try and jam pack as much activity into my weekends or my free times or my end of stressful days as I possibly can, which means is I stay in that high stress state. I don't come out of it. So when I recognize those actions and recently I went through a period of stress, unexpected stress in my life, and I recognized myself doing those things, especially after this period of stress. And so what I had to do was kind of counter that and say to myself that my priority was not looking at all of the other things that quote unquote need to get done, but instead looking at myself and slowing myself down and making sure I was making time for rest. So even if you want to create a list or a mind map or a brain dump, but think of some things that you could do in the moment when you're feeling stressed at the end of a stressful day or at the end of a stressful week. Things that are going to help you physically and mentally slow down. So what things help you connect with calm, help you relax? Is there an app that you could download that's going to help you practice breath work to physically slow down? Breath work is also really great if you're feeling overwhelmed and your thoughts are running really fast to redirect your focus to your breath and to slow everything down as a consequence. Is there an activity that really helps you 
channel your focus and calm down. So maybe something like knitting or crafting, maybe reading is a really good one for you to help focus on what you're reading and therefore disconnect from what maybe is overwhelming. Even if you just do it for an hour when you get home from a stressful day or a couple of hours at the weekend, something that's going to help you physically slow down. You can also look at things or activities that help you channel your energy and I like to think of it like visualizing getting the energy out of my body. So that might be physical activities. For some people when you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, sitting down and doing a slow paced activity is only going to make you feel more frustrated. So if the idea of that, like meditating or knitting or journaling, does not resonate with you, think of a high energy activity that you could do to channel your energy, your overwhelm and your stress and to help you almost cleanse it from your body. So maybe it's cardio, maybe it's going for a run, maybe it's going to the gym, maybe it's going to a dance class, maybe it's just putting on music at home and dancing until you physically work that energy out of your body. Body. Maybe that's the way that you reconnect with your calm and help yourself physically slow down is just literally burning off that excess energy. The other thing that you want to reflect on is those behaviors that you listed. So the actions that you take during or after a high stress moment and looking at those actions and thinking what's actually supporting me here and what's not. So an example of this might be is maybe after a very stressful day at work, you come home and the last thing that you want to do is cook for yourself. And so you order a takeaway, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you are at the moment finding that every day at work is stressful and you're doing that more than you would like to, or you're seeing that as an action that doesn't really support you or make you feel good because you're eating food that's maybe making you feel tired and heavy and isn't giving you the nutrients that you really want to be putting into your body, what's an action that you could take to support yourself? So maybe at the weekends, you make some bigger batch dinners and you put some things in the freezer. So when you have those high stress days that you don't feel like preparing something fresh, you have something that you can grab that's easier to make. So you give yourself an extra choice to support yourself in a way that's going to feel a little bit better for you. So look at some of those behaviors and think, what could I do to counter this? Or what could I put in place to support myself at the end of these stressful days or these overwhelming moments that I have my own back a little bit? So now you should be starting to come up with a little bit of an action plan for yourself and get a little bit of clarity on things you can actually put into action and start doing and behaviors or patterns that you can start to look at and decide to counter or to put more things in place to support yourself so that you can really show up for yourself during these stressful, overwhelming moments or that you can really look out for yourself during or after the things in your life that create this sense of mental burnout to prevent that crash, to help you find that balance in small everyday ways. Another thing that I wanted to share with you is this concept of hitting reset. 
if you have something unexpected that's come up or you feel like you've had a very stressful, overwhelming period and you're finding it really difficult to move through it or to move past it. When I have periods of stress or overwhelm, something that helps me mentally and physically move through those and to feel like I'm getting myself a fresh start is this idea of hitting reset. So I like to have reset days or reset weeks. This is something that I like to practice at the end of a month as well. So when I'm starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed by things that I have let slack a little bit during the month or things that I've fallen behind on, rather than get panicky about them, I like to create this idea of having a reset day or a reset weekend or a reset week where I just give myself a little bit of extra grace and I show up with a little bit of extra self-compassion and I create space for myself to hit reset on things that are building up and creating this sense of overwhelm for myself. Here are some ideas of things that I do or that you could do to help yourself reset. So if you've been having an overwhelming period or if you just like to use May and Mental Health Awareness Month and Mental Health Awareness Week as well. So this weekend heading into the end of Mental Health Awareness Week, that could be a perfect time to do a little reset for yourself. Here are some things that you could do to help you hit the reset button on life, on routines, on things that are maybe building up a little bit. So the first thing that I like to do is grab the notes app on my phone or a piece of paper and I just like to make a list of maybe tasks and chores that I have neglected a little bit and are weighing on me and these can be anything from like household chores or like small tasks or things that I've said I would do or I said I would fix or even things like more admin things. So for example, my passport is about to expire and I've had it on my to-do list for weeks and months now to actually start going through the process of putting that through renewal. So that is something that would be on my reset is that that's gone on too long and it's starting to weigh on me. So I just need to get that task done so I can reset and move forward. So put all of the different tasks or things that are weighing on your mind or things that you've had on your to-do list for ages and you've neglected or even just household chores, put them on a list. Then the next thing that I do with my list is I prioritize them by must, should, and could. This is a prioritizing or ranking that I used to use with my students when I was a teacher to help them understand prioritizing and to help them be more productive with their time. So sorting your tasks by things that you must do. These are priority tasks. They have to get done. Then the next category is things that you should do. They're still pretty priority, but if they didn't get done, they could be done next week, for example. So must do's and should do's are the ones that you're going to make sure that you direct most of your time and attention to. And then the third category is could do's. These are things that if you happen to get through all of your must and shoulds, 
you could do these as well. These are kind of like bonus tasks. If you got them done, that would be great. If you didn't, it would absolutely not be a problem. So look at your tasks on your list, these things that you would like to do for your reset weekend or your reset day and then divide them up by must, should, and could. Making sure that you're splitting them evenly. Do not put 90% of the tasks on your list into your must and then the other 10% between should and could. Really be real with yourself. What are your priority things that it's really, really important that you do them? And then there are the things that you should do as well, but it's not as much of a priority so that you can really focus your time and energy. That's the first thing. Make a list, prioritize it, and then just start to work your way through your list and ticking them off and giving yourself that sense of relief and reset. Things are being put in order. Another thing that I like to do when I am hitting reset is to physically reset my spaces. This is a personal one for me, but I know there's a lot of people who can resonate with this is that when you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, your space tends to mirror that and that it will become a little bit messy and stressed and overwhelmed and there will be stuff everywhere. And that's fine. That's life. That's normal. But then sometimes at the end of these overwhelming periods, it can be really helpful to just reset your spaces, put things back in their quote unquote home or where they belong so that when you move into the next week things are just where they need to be and the space is ready to show up and meet your needs. Going through each room in your house and picking up things that don't belong in that room and putting them back in the room that they need to be. It's less about a physical cleaning of your house so it's less about cleaning surfaces and more about that resetting of putting things where they need to be so your spaces in your home or even in your workspace as well so that those spaces can support you in doing what you need to do next week so getting reset on those things as well another thing that I like to do is to reset my routines so if I'm doing a reset week or a reset weekend I like to, as I said, give myself that moment of grace, show up with a little bit of extra self-compassion for yourself and give yourself a break from habits or routines to give yourself the space to do your reset. So if you have normal weekend routines, but you want to do a reset this weekend and you've got this list of your must and your should and your coulds, then give yourself the grace of maybe putting down some of the other routines that you normally have at the weekend to give yourself the space to focus on your reset. And then another way of looking at resetting your routines is reflecting on routines or habits that you used to have or maybe that you want to pick back up or you want to improve and planning how you can implement them next week. So making that action plan, making that step for success, thinking about how you can support yourself in being successful next week with routines that maybe you have slacked on a little bit during moments of stress and overwhelm. The fourth part of your reset is checking in with your basics. Food, 
and water. I've said this on the show before and when I talk about basic human needs, if you don't know where to start with your self-care, go back to your basic human needs because very often when we're rushing through our lives or we've been through moments of stress or overwhelm, we neglect the basic things because we can get other versions of it that will fill the gap. So have you been drinking enough water? Are you hydrating yourself? Look at your food habits, your eating habits. Are you happy with them? Are they making you feel good? Are there other things that you could do to support yourself? Do you need to restock your fridge? Do you need to spend some time looking through your cookbooks this weekend and getting inspiration for new things that you could cook? Do you need to invest in a meal delivery subscription to support yourself in having healthy, nutritious meals every day because right now work is stressful. So check in with your basics. Are you showing up for them? And what could you do next week to support yourself in showing up for them a bit more? The last parts of my reset are always about giving back to myself. Once I have reset my space and I've gone through my reset list and I've put things in order in my life, I like to redirect that energy back to myself and just give myself a little self-care hug. So the next thing that I would like you to think about if you're going to do a reset this weekend or this week is to think about something that feels comforting and safe and cozy for yourself. The end of your reset routine should be some activity or action that feels just warm and comforting and cozy and really is that flood of self-love for yourself. That could be something as small as watching your favorite movie or re-watching your favorite TV program or making a batch of your favorite cookies or just something that feels warm and cozy and comforting that really helps you sink into that slow, relaxed, calm space before you move to the new week. So do some kind of self-care action that feels comforting and, and safe, nice and warm and cozy. Another thing that's really helpful to do at the end of a reset before you move to the next week is to do some journaling, to reflect on your feelings of whatever has been stressful and overwhelming for you, and just to empty those thoughts out of your head and to work through them a little bit on paper. And if you want some more inspiration about journaling, I do have a whole episode on that, on how you can use journaling to work through big feelings. And I'll also link that in the show notes so you can easily go back and re-listen to it. And then the final part of my reset, and this may not surprise you because always when I talk about doing this reflective work or doing planning for yourself is to make an action plan and give yourself steps for success. So after you've done all of this lovely reset work, all of this lovely reflection work, the last thing you're going to do at the end of your reset weekend, even if it's for a half hour or an hour on Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon, is to make a plan for the next week. So that first of all, you feel prepared, but also that you have really thought about how you can support yourself and show up for yourself the next week. 
if you are going to be experiencing more stress or overwhelm, what can you do differently next week that's going to support you? Really get clear, really plan out some actions. What are you going to do on Monday when you get home from work? What are you going to have for dinner? What ways can you show up for yourself? When are you going to exercise this week? How are you going to ensure that you drink enough water? What things did you fall behind on last week because you were stressed and overwhelmed and how might you be able to support yourself in achieving those next week without it creating extra stress and overwhelm. So get out your weekly planner, your notion planner, whatever way you plan and organize yourself weekly and just sit down and look at what's on your calendar, what's coming up this week and plan how you're going to show up for yourself, what tasks need to be done, but also what are you going to do to keep filling into yourself? How are you going to check in with yourself? How are you going to find that balance between high energy and calm moments? I'm not saying plan every minute because you will create more stress for yourself if you don't create space for the unexpected because that is how life is. So don't try and plan yourself down to a T with this perfect plan of what you're going to do every day this week every minute this week but rather looking at the bigger picture what's coming up this week how could you support yourself what things can you put in place in the mornings or at the end of those days to show up for yourself the most important thing when it comes to hitting the reset button for yourself in moments of overwhelm or after stressful experiences or something unexpected is finding ways to physically and mentally slow down. Show up with self-compassion. Don't push yourself to get too much done in too short a period of time, but instead focus on doing these reset activities, these reset prompts that I've shared with you, doing them slowly and with intention. Less is sometimes more when we're trying to allow our body and our mind to recover from something overwhelming. Think of your reset button, your reset day or your reset weekend or your reset week like a transition period that allows you, your body, your mind to have a little break, that allows you this moment of grace before you hit go again. And most importantly, listen to your body. Listen to the signals that it sends you. Tap into that self-awareness. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling your mind racing, if you're feeling physically exhausted, just take a moment to take a breath and connect with that self-awareness and think, what is my body communicating with me right now? And what do I need? How can I show up for myself and meet these needs? What small action can I take to respond to these messages that my body and my mind are communicating to me. If you're physically tired, rest. If you have a lot of built up energy, find a way to move through it. Whatever way you're feeling, work on moving yourself slowly back to a place of calm and balancing that overwhelm energy with this calm, self-compassionate, self-supportive energy. If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you feel a little less alone in your personal development journey and a little more inspired to do something today to show up for yourself. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe 
and leave a review on your favorite podcast streaming app or platform. And if you want even more weekly inspiration, then head on over to Instagram or Facebook and follow the show as at fillupyourcuppod. Remember, you can't pour from an empty cup. So do one small thing today to pour into yours and start creating a life that feels good 